What is up? What is up, y'all? It's your girl, the Brianna Simone, aka Breezy 2Es1Z1Y. Y'all, I have missed talking so much, but let's hop straight into it. So I don't know where y'all live at, right? I live in Virginia. And in Virginia, it is hot as you feel in the blank. Hot as hell, a place you do not want to be or ever go. It is very much not giving outside. It's extremely hot. But you know what that means. If it's hot outside, you know that means it's hot girl summer, right? It's hot girl summer. I know everybody been seeing I'm F-R-E-E, free. That means I ain't got to like, like, you know what I'm saying? I know that is the hot girl summer anthem. I know the girlies are outside. I know a lot has been going on also just in terms of politics. Like, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. I know this was the summer that everybody wanted to be outside as well as summer 2021. But summer 2022 in and of itself is a lot to take in. From wanting to embrace yourself, wanting to be a hot girl, not in terms of, you know, all the other things, but truly just in terms of living your best life. And then on the other end, we have things like the Roe versus Wade um, decision being overturned. We have people who are living in need. We have women who are really second guessing just their comfortability and their safety in this country and in this world. It's a lot going on. And especially for black girls um, at PWIs or rather more specifically, we talk about all the time that America is a PWI. And so as a black woman, as a black girl, as a person living in an environment that is so charged and so committed to your demise, it can be especially hard to feel like you're living your best life. Living your best life, however you define it, can seem almost impossible. It can seem like you have no rhyme or reason for even living sometimes or waking up and enjoying the next day because everything else that's going on in the world is telling you you shouldn't, you don't deserve to, you don't have the right, and so on and so forth. I say all that to say... In May, when I came on here and I was talking about his decision day, my destiny, I pulled y'all into a very personal moment that I've been in as it relates to school and the next decision and just reflecting on what my life has been for the past four years and what it's probably going to look like for the next five or 10 years, right? It's a lot of things that I've learned over my journey, a lot of wisdom I have gained by experience and by way of listening and watching. But there's one thing that I've been sitting in. One thing that I've been claiming, uh, one thing that I've been truly walking out in my own life, and that is something called soft girl season. And let me tell y'all, okay? Let me let me let me be honest, okay? Can we be honest, y'all? Can we can we kick it? Can we kick it for a moment, like we did the first three episodes? Okay, check me out. Y'all know I be on TikTok. I be on the TikTok. And for months, four months, maybe since January, I just kept seeing, now I'm not talking about any people. I'm talking about, I kept seeing black women like, oh, I'm loving me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, self-love, this and a third. I was talking about it. We were talking about it on Black Girl to Peter Boy. Like that is 100% the vibes. It's always been the vibes. I've always been on this self-love train, not in terms of, oh, self-love, like, 
I'm gonna go get Starbucks and put on a face mask and have a spa day. Like, that's cute, but self-love, what a lot of people don't talk about is the healing and the painful uh, pieces of healing in which you have to reflect back on things that people have done to you, things that you've done, ways that you haven't shown up for yourself, etc. Right? That's, that's the self-love I be talking about, the hard work. But also waking up and loving the person that you've been created to be, especially as a black woman in America, especially as a black person in America. It's a lot going on and you cannot afford to not know who you are and to not be yourself and to not love yourself. Right. So that was the vibe. OK. But y'all, I don't know what got into black women's minds starting April, Aprilish, late March. Right. I kid you not, I started to see like this soft love like hashtag or oh yeah, I'm being soft with myself or this soft lifestyle, soft girl lifestyle. And at first I was like, oh, okay, like word, word, that's a vibe. But it just felt different. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm familiar with self-love. I'm very familiar with self-love. Self-love, you love yourself, this and the third, da -da, the cute little fuzzy posts. But soft love was different. But I'm still doing my thing. I'm still, you know, vibing out. And I'm like, yeah, self-love. Yeah, healing. Therapy. Turn me up, right? And it was end of May. I had my last talk with my therapist. We, we can be honest on here, right? We, we said, this is a family. This is a family. So I'm, I'm talking like I'm talking to family. I had my last session with my therapist in May. The end, middle of May, end of May. And I was talking to her and I was like, you know, I'm in a different city. Currently, I was there for a meeting for some business. I was like, I'm in a different city and I feel really good. I said, on the way there, I said, I was talking, I talk out loud when I be talking to God. Y'all know I'm a believer. And I was talking out loud and I said, this entire time, my prayer for so many people is that they would see themselves god put a mirror to their face that they would see themselves that they would discover who they are that they would just look in the mirror because the mirror is following them around and my best friend dana was like yo you should start you know what i'm saying praying for yourself the way you pray for others so i was like sure 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 so i was in the car and i was talking to god and i said in my speaking i realize that this entire time i have not seen myself through your eyes i can end the episode right there because when i tell y'all it seems so basic but it changed everything for me i mean it changed everything from that moment on i was like yo this entire time i have been looking at everyone else, like, yo, you just got to see yourself. And I've seen glimpses of myself. And somebody's like, yo, you're really good at this. I'm like, yeah, I am really good at that, right? I I receive, well, you know, affirmations and things of nature, confirmation. I'm like, oh, I love that. But for me, for the Brianna Simone, I did not see myself. So I'm talking to my therapist. This is like two days post-revelation. post, post -revelation. And I'm like, yo. I've been up in a new city. 
and I've been feeling really good. And she was like, good, great. You know, they always try to be reaffirming like, oh, great. Like, tell me more about that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been feeling really good. You know, I've been focused. I felt purposed. I felt like I've been on assignment. You know, people are people. So that's the thing that comes with it. But I feel really good. And I was like, but I, I'm second guessing. Because it's not that I feel like I don't deserve it. I just feel like are things out of order. Now that I'm feeling really good, am I forgetting the people who are behind me? Or am I not kind of walking with God like I was supposed to? Or am I not praying the same way? Or am I not, you know, the same person that I've been for everybody else? Or am I changing too quickly? Like, I, I, I vented and was like, yo, I feel good. I feel different. Everything feels different. I'm seeing differently. I'm breathing differently. I'm thinking of myself differently. But I feel stuck. I feel like I'm I'm right in between and I'm getting ready to go in a different direction. But I'm a little scared that the direction I'm going in might cause some trouble behind me, right? That I'm not doing something right, even though it feels right. My therapist was like, because my therapist gets me together. I don't know about y'all's, but I got a black woman therapist. She do not give no cut cards. She loved me to death, but she gonna tell me what it is. And she was like, it sounds like, number one, you're being too hard on yourself, per usual, right? But also that you won't allow yourself to change. You won't allow yourself to be happy. And then she moved on to speak about this need to feel affirmed by everybody else that this was a good thing. She said, you sat here and told me you're, you're seeing differently. You feel more purpose. You feel like you're, you're doing your assignment. You feel like you know who you are. All of these different things. But you're worthy because it doesn't look like how it has in the past and all that. It's not about... None of that. It's about who you are and seeing yourself. So why are you running from that? Why can't you be still enough to experience the present? And we've had this conversation, her and I, about escaping the present so much to get to the future escaping the present so much by sitting in the past because I used to call myself a very nostalgic person and so what I would do is the present was cool but I would always reflect back on do you remember when we used to or dang that was really cool I I would uh, hoard memories hoard pictures and things of that nature and I would pull on them as a result to further affirm who I was or how much I've grown because I couldn't see it in myself or I would look so much towards the future because I know what I'm called to do and things in nature and so I will always look towards the future and uh, ideas that I had for the future as affirmation for okay I'm may not be there now but I'm working currently to get there and she said this is just a reflection of what it feels like to sit in the present moment and to see you so since May, <laughs> and that was my last therapy session, y'all. Since May, I've been sitting in the present. And not just the presence of everything else that I have going on, right? Not just in the presence of other people or in the presence of the limelight or in the presence of social media. But I've just been present. I've been experiencing everything 
But the biggest thing, and this is what this episode is about, I've been experiencing my soft girl season. Y'all, when I tell you, there are a lot of seasons that changed my life. My hood rat season changed my life. You know what I'm saying? My city girl season, when I was a city girl before the city girls were city girls. You know what I'm saying? I was in these streets. Um... When I was game banging, you know what I'm saying? Like all these different, <laughs> all these different seasons really changed my life. My, my coming to Jesus season, you know what I'm saying? But this soft girl season though, all the times we talk about becoming on this podcast, we talk about becoming, we talk about uh, being who you've been called to be. We talk about letting go of all the things and all the rules and all the restrictions that people put on you as a black woman in America so that you can't be who you're called to be. All these things we talk about breaking the glass ceiling and making this glass ceiling disappear because I'm always going to shatter the expectations that others set for me. All of these things we talk about, I'm living it firsthand. But in this soft girl season, I'm walking it out and it is changing everything. It is the epitome of becoming. So I know there's a lot going on in the world. It took 12, it took 12 daggone minutes, 11 daggone minutes just to get to the, just to get to the title that you done read. But with all the stuff going on in the world, I know it's a lot. I know it can be hard to look in the mirror. And I've always talked about looking in the mirror since the first episode when we talk about it. It's been, it's only my third day out here. But on this last episode, I think it's important we talk about soft girl season. But for the sake of longevity, we just going to talk about soft girl summer. Like I said, I know it's hot girl summer. Undoubtedly, I'm here for living the best life. But I don't believe you can live your best life unless you're soft with yourself. I'm going to be very honest. Right? I think about what it means to be soft. And for me personally, I felt like I was raised, and this is no bash to my family or anybody who loves me, but I was raised a little rough. I was I grew up with a lot of guys, right? I grew up with an inclination to to rough house. I wrestled a lot with my dad. Um a lot with my dad. I watched video games that he would play. You know, I would go to bonfires, I play with fire, I do a whole bunch of little experience uh, experiments. I had my my little brother as well, so him and I would rough house. You know, all those different things. It was never like a yo wear a dress and sit down or carry a purse when my mom would try to tell me I'd knock it off like girl ain't nobody doing that right like I was just I was just hard and I loved it I absolutely loved it and then when I came into leadership as a black woman really getting into these predominantly white spaces what I noticed for myself is that I was dealing with a lot of men or more specifically when I would come into the spaces I had a different type of get to a mentality. I had a different type of I'll get my hands dirty. I had a different type of you ain't going to talk to me no type of way. So if I got to fight a man, I got to fight a man. I had that type of mentality. And as a result of my grind and my grunt, a lot of women, when I was growing up, right, this is family, friends, just in school, uh, predominantly white environments, a lot of women, more specifically white women, they fell back. They were like, oh, she ain't one hours. <laughs> it's giving very much feminist movement, but she ain't one hours, right? And so as a result, I was left to battle a lot of men in the leadership realm. 
So if we're talking about policy changes, I'm talking to men and more specifically, I'm talking to white men. If we're talking about school changes, I'm talking to white men. If I'm going before a school board, I'm talking to white men. If I'm going before city council or board of supervisors, I'm talking to white men. So even in leadership capacities, my first experience with a lot of predominantly white institutions or predominantly white environments dealt with white men who kind of sit at the top of this uh, hierarchy, the racial hierarchy, the gender hierarchy, right? They are deemed as the model in American society, especially. And so as a result, when you are dealing in uh, environments that are asking you to belittle yourself or to quiet down or in environments in which you can't quiet down, because if if you do, then there's going to be oppression and there's going to be folks who are not free. You have to come with a different type of fire in order for you to be protected and the people who are with you. And so as a result, I was hardened in terms of not my leadership style, but in terms of the force that I would use. And as a result, I led others that way, right? I I embrace my softness in other capacities because I love people. I have a fierce love for people. I have a fierce love for the oppressed. I have a fierce um, indignant, what is the word for that? In, 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 Brianna, yo, I have a fear. I'm against Jesus, injustice, right? And so as a result, I have a deep love for people that, that empathy and all that was always there but the ability to be soft or to be softened came by way of the people that I was around it never came by way of me choosing to be soft with myself so when it would come to me talking about myself sometimes I flexed in what I was able to do for others for me specifically it was like yo I love very hard if you want to see Brianna at this point in time in my life at her quote-unquote weakest right If you want to see my kryptonite, it's relationships. It's the ability to love one person with everything I absolutely have, right? On my body, on my heart, on my soul. You know, we get we get real dramatic and put everything into it. I just wanted to love somebody. And so as a result, I did that often in numerous relationships that I was in as I was growing up. That was the only area in which I allowed myself to be softened even then. None of those worked out. I mean, your girl is single, right? So none of those worked out. But as I grew in my relationship with God as well, that has been a constant struggle to be soft. I always define softness as weak. I ain't soft. When I be around men, they be like, oh, you can't do what we doing. You can't do what we doing because you, you a girl. What up? I ain't soft. I ain't weak. You can't step over me. You can't punk me. You can't outwork me. Right? That was my mentality. And I'm not going to lie. That's the mentality of America as it relates to black women. You can't you can't be anywhere else but in the house taking care of white people's children, right? And the moment you talk back, now you're aggressive, you're um, outrageous, you're too fierce, you're problematic, you're angry all the time, etc. So then we have the stereotype constantly grow. Okay, we don't want you taking care of our children in this capacity. Now we want you to be our servants. And then when you're my servant, you always got something to say. And so now black women always have something to say. And black women always want to fight. And black women always want to be on the front lines and black women always you know let it always are combative black women are fierce black women beat you up black and so the stereotype is placed on us while also it's also on the other end this kind of stereotype where it's like you're not enough 
So yes, you're loud, but you're not loud enough. Or yes, you're loud, but you're not quiet enough. Yes, you're hardworking, but you're not submissive enough. Yes, you're independent, but you're not dependent enough. Yes, you're fill in the blank, but you're not this enough. Yes, you're hard. Yes, you know how to fight with a board. Yes, you know how to pass policy, but you're not close enough to the people. You're not uh, as smooth around the edges. And so when we get conditioned like this by society, by school systems, by predominantly white institutions, by predominantly white environments, by America, and then we have our own personal experiences and trauma and growing up in these spaces regularly, and you merge those two together, what you start seeing is that we are living in this consistent bubble, this consistent space in which we are always supposed to be hard. And the moment you break, you are a fraud. Let's just be honest. That is what I would say is the heavy plight of black women at the root. You're too much of everything and not enough of nothing, basically. Like you can't win. And I felt like this for such a long time until as of recently, I've started to see myself differently and things of that nature. And I'd also say I think black women have right across the country. When I look at TikTok, right, you know, you have this new trend of hashtag black girl luxury. And even in the black girl luxury realm, whatever you're defining luxury as you have black women, even in that realm who come in and they're like, hey, I don't live in a six-figure penthouse. You know, I don't have six figures. I don't live in a penthouse in a city. I don't have all these nice appliances. But what I do have is my plants. And what I do have is a safe space for me. And what I do have is art. Or when I have some extra dollars, I do go to the movie and take myself out to dates, right? You see this um, community of Black women coming together on a social space to engage in thought that supports our softness and our thriving in whatever space we deem best for our lives when I think of soft girl summer or when I think of the soft girl season or just embracing your softness I really think about embracing what we've been talking about this entire time and that is rest I remember I said in the very first episode it's so nostalgic thinking back to the fact that we are on episode 13 wow but I said in the first episode rest doesn't have to come by death right And I was referring to the death of the black body, that we don't black people rest. We don't have to be limited to that. We don't. This whole mentality of rest until you die that a lot of uh, lifestyle coaches teach. Number one, that that should not apply to black folks. Okay, because our ancestors could not rest until they died. Due to oppression, due to enslavement, right? So that can't be the mentality for us, even though it might be innate because of generational trauma. But I was talking about, okay, black folks, we don't have to wait until we're dead to rest. We can rest now. And even as I was thinking back, right, months ago when I first said that, I was thinking about the fact that as I embrace the soft girl season, what it has taught me is true rest does come by way of dying, but it's not dying physically, is dying to this consistent need to believe what everybody else has to say about me but me. True rest. I'm talking true peace. I'm talking a complete transformation of thought, a complete transformation of heart. 
complete transformation of spirit came by way of I'm not seeking affirmations. I'm not seeking uh, a word. I'm not seeking confirmation from anybody else, but from me, the person who created me and what they have to say about me, what he has to say about me. And then as a result, what I choose to believe about myself. True rest is me dying to your expectations that you have for me and aligning myself with the expectations that I and my purpose and God has for me. That is true rest. True rest does come by dying, but it's not dying to my body. It's not dying physically, being in a casket and, oh, well, she is now resting in peace. No, I want them to be able to say about me. I want my children to be able to say about me. I want my community to be able to say about me. I want Black Girl out of PWI to be able to say about themselves. No, I experienced resting in peace when I was alive and breathing on this earth. Why? Because I stopped believing what America had to say about me and who I was. I stopped believing what my family and generational trauma and uh, generational strongholds and curses had to say about me. I stopped believing what everybody else had to say about me. And when I heard soft, I rested in that because I deserved to live a life of peace. I deserve to live a life of luxury. I deserve to travel. I deserve to know where my next dollar is coming from. I deserve to laugh and not feel bad about it. I deserve to clap my hands and run around when something is super funny because I'm blackity black black and nobody can take that away from me. I deserve to switch up my hairstyle in a predominantly white space or in corporate America and not feel less than when I look in the mirror. I deserve to go out into every space and to be loud and to be unapologetic in what I'm saying because I'm speaking truth to power. I deserve to move and have faith that my foot is touching the places in which I'm called to I deserve to also go to sleep and sleep in some days and some nights just because I've worked so hard for everyone else I deserve to stay up all night and work on my dreams because I commit nine to five hours for every other company and community in America but my own I deserve to go out with the girls I deserve to stay in and play sims I deserve to post on social media and not need any amount of likes to see who I am I deserve those things not because anybody else told me I deserve it but because I know I do why because being a black girl at a PWI means that you are coming against Every single person, every single thought, every single lie that has told you that you can only survive and you can't thrive. That is why. When we talk about rest, when we talk about soft girl season. And it's so crazy how it's full circle. I didn't have the word for uh, the soft girl season in January and February. I only had rest. And so if you go back, you'll hear we talk about rest all throughout these episodes. And then the, the season finale, basically, is soft girl summer. That That's what it comes down to. Or this soft summer. Because for black, black girls, black folks at PWIs, it ain't easy to embrace your softness. And the answer is simply because everybody else is not. I think it comes down to, you know, you have people in predominantly white spaces and predominantly white institutions and predominantly white environments who outwardly say, I'm not supporting your softness because that means that I cannot benefit from your hardness, right? Corporate jobs will say, no, I'm not giving you time off your mental health because you need to work for me, right? And then on the other end, you have people who just will not prioritize your rest, will not prioritize your success, will not prioritize your growth because they focused on theirs. <laughs> and then you have some others who don't care at all. 
They don't care because they don't care about themselves. And we talked about those type of people. And we talked about finding your people at a predominantly white institution as a black person, right? That you want to be in a community that loves themselves and that practices self-love and self-identity for themselves before welcoming you in or else you're going to be confused and, and mistreated, right? So it's like, you have these three types of people. And then on the other end of this, ooh, you have a people, a job, a space, a legacy, a purpose that is waiting for you to embrace your softness, that's cheering you on to embrace your softness so that you can be all that you have called been called to be so that you can fill the void in this earth that you have been called to fill so that you can take up space in every room that you've been called into to represent your people to represent legacy to represent change to just be fully and unapologetically you without fear restriction or constraint when i was taking a a few notes and i was reflecting back really taking a few notes on myself and i was reflecting back on what this season has been, season one of Black Rat at PWI. In my head, I said that it was a lot of questions. <laughs> it was a lot of questions. It was a lot of learning. I felt like it was a lot of dialogue. Where it was like, okay, who who are we again? Okay, great. This is who we are. We're celebrating, but we're also trying to grow. Season one has been undoubtedly, I would say, about a lot of growth. We are trying to grow. Because on the other side of our growing, on the other side of our becoming, is our thriving. Our willingness, our commitment to becoming, our commitment to growing is a testament of the fact that we can thrive in predominantly white institutions or at predominantly white institutions and predominantly white environments and still thrive instead of just survive. Instead of just make it, instead of just barely pass. We are built to be overcomers. And in order to overcome, you have to overcome the beliefs and the thoughts and the false teachings and the lies and the stereotypes and the drama that everybody else has put on you or made you out to be. And in order to unlearn, then you must ask questions. Every episode we've done, I feel like there has been some question. What is rest? Or who are you? Or who am I? What do I care about? Who are my people? Where are my people? Is decision day my destiny? What is black love? Do I deserve black love? Am I deserving of peace? Do I deserve or have the capacity to thrive instead of survive? There have been all these big questions. These uh, questions that sometimes can keep us up at night or can make us second guess or can make us uh, second uh, um, basically like think on whether or not we are in the place that we need to be in order to become. And so, of course, this episode is no different. I had questions about what it means to be in this soft girl season. How can I encourage you to live in a season that I haven't even lived in? And now that I'm living in it, I have no choice but to invite you all in. Any listener, whether you're a woman whether you identify as woman or you don't, you're a black person or maybe you're not, you fall into neither of those categories. I still want to talk to you. If you've been running from softness because it makes you feel weak, because it makes you feel vulnerable, because it makes you feel unprotected. Can I suggest to you 
that sis, bro, beloved, <laughs> that in your fear of living in softness because you think that you will be too vulnerable or you won't be protected, may I suggest that in that fear, you are actually upholding all of the stereotypes and all of the restrictions that others have placed on you. That you were unknowingly telling yourself that you don't deserve softness because hardness is what produces the best fruit. Can I suggest that the fruit that you have produced out of your softness, out of your hardness, cannot compare to the fruit and the longevity and the purpose that comes by way of your softness? I don't suggest this to cause drama, but y'all know I will never. I will never escape the opportunity to be the drama, okay? Because I bet you if you start looking at the root of your hardness, you would start seeing that everybody else has had to say so on who you are and what you should do, but you. As you look at your hardness, this deep feeling of I have to be hard or the job won't get done. I have to be angry or I won't be committed. I have to be uh, hard and I have to talk like this because if I don't, I won't get respect. I have to be tough because if I don't, I won't get love correctly. I have to be the protector of me because if I don't, nobody will protect me. I have to be angry all the time and in a cons consistent state of rage because if I don't, I will lose my passion. I have to, I have to, I have to. The more you start digging deeper on all those things you feel like you have to do, aside from the stereotypes, as you dig deeper, I feel like you will at some point find the root of a lie. I have to live in a consistent state of rage or else the job won't get done. But if I look and I imagine the work that our ancestors could have accomplished and some that did accomplish because of the love and the softness they felt from the community kept them reinvigorated to continue the good fight. I would say that it's a lie that you always have to be hard, soft, and unemotional in order to make change in this world. That's a lie. How do I know? Because our ancestors are proof. Our being here on this earth is a product of love. Of a creator thinking it enough of you to create you. Then your parents, no matter what way that they had you coming together in some way. And you still being kept to this day to hear what I'm saying. To know that I do deserve softness at some point. Because softness creates the most beautiful things. When I think of, and this might get a little graphic, so I apologize. So if y'all don't like hearing about birthday, you know what I'm saying, just click off. But when I think of even a baby being born, right? Um, and this is uh, by way of the womb. And you think of a womb, and you think of the tissue that's in the womb, and the placenta, and, and all these things that give the baby nutrients. The womb in and of itself is a very comfortable place for the child, for the baby. But it's soft. Can you imagine a baby sitting in a steel womb literally sitting in steel in a circle or a tub of steel and the water in it being like super super cold and then not getting any nutrients more than likely i would say and i'm no i'm no gynecologist or obstetrician even though i wanted to be 
I would say that that baby would not survive. Why? Because it has no soft spot. Because the womb is not vulnerable enough to allow the nutrients to get in to reach the baby. So in that same format, in that same example, I think of it when it comes to us as humans. And then more specifically when it comes to us as black people. And then more specifically when it comes to us as black women. We deserve to be in a womb of softness. Because in our softness, we get the nutrients we need. We get the love. We get the endorphins. We get the, the healthy nutrients, the healthy vitamins, the everything we need to be sustained. In a soft womb, sometimes we worry about how am I going to be protected. But if I'm soft, that means I won't waste energy on fights that aren't mine. And that when I need to be hard... When I need to protect myself, when I need to defend, I will have all the nutrients to do that because now I have the strength. Or rather, I will have all the strength to do it because I had the nutrients in my softness. I'm speaking to the people who feel like they cannot live a life of softness because if they do, it will make them less of them. I'm speaking to the people who feel like, I'm speaking to the black woman who feel like, I can't be fully me in predominantly white institutions or in predominantly white environments because if I do, then I'm done for. It's a lie that you are nothing more but a pawn or a a chess marker in the realm of white society. That's a lie. You are not here just to contribute to corporate America by your nine to five job, nor are you here just to contribute to a predominantly white institution or university with your intellect, with your presence for some DEI checks. That's a lie. So then I ask you, who told you that? Who told you to be hard? Who told you to be unbothered? 24 7 who told you to be hard every day you wake up who told you to suck those tears back in your eyes who told you to wipe your tears and get up and stop crying who told you that emotionalism or being emotional or expressing the emotions that are innate into human dna and structure was not appropriate Who told you to stop being all of yourself because it made them feel smaller? Who told you to die yourself down so that they wouldn't feel as insecure? Who told you that you were bare minimum? Who told you that you had um, only the capacity to give the bare minimum because everybody else deserved to give the most of them? Who told us not to rest? Who told us not to be all of us when we come into a space? Who told us to shh? I don't know about y'all, but it it was a whole bunch of my elementary school teachers and I gave them a run for their money. Who told us to neglect our emotions? Who told us to overwork in the name of success? Who told us that if we're not living like everybody else, then we're not living at all? Who, 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 who told us that? Because I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Why? Because it's not true. So what do I look like being an unapologetically black 
blackity black black woman in America at a PWI and predominantly white environments and I'm believing lies. That ain't radical. Because what's radical is the truth. Not lies. Lies are never radical. Lies help create the radical who rises up to speak the truth. So in that, because I believe the very nature of black women and predominantly white spaces and predominantly white environments is radical. I believe the very existence, the very culture of black folks, whether you grew up in a culture uh, like that of a black person born and raised in America or somebody born and raised in Africa, right? Whatever that black culture is, I believe the presence of you in a predominantly white space at a predominantly white institution in and of itself is radical. Because who would have thought that those who were oppressed will be at the top of almost everything they do just by their presence? Who would have thought your very presence in every space you walk into is radical? Because it's true. So in your truth, who are you to believe a lie? That you have to be hard and that you don't deserve to be soft. Let me tell y'all something. The best thing that I could have ever done. In my softness was start black girl at a PWI. The best thing that I could have done is get in front of a mic standing or sitting and be vulnerable with you. I know some corporate jobs might hear this. I know organizations I'm a part of probably hear it. I definitely know somebody from my former predominantly white institution and my incoming predominantly white institutions have probably seen Black Girl at a PWI, have scrolled on Instagram, have listened, and I've been like, oh, absolutely not. Am I to stop being soft because some other folks don't like how soft I am or because when I'm soft, I'm more committed to truth and I'm more committed to the movement and I'm more committed to empowering people? Than empowering people who are against me. My hardness fuels the very people and the very oppression that I'm fighting against. My softness allows me to walk in liberation and to help free others. But most importantly, my softness, this soft girl season, this soft girl summer, allows me to see me in ways that I never have before. It allows me to speak with authority that I never thought I had. It allows me to see me laughing currently and not just in the future or not just in the past. It allows me to be the black girl at a PWI who thrives instead of just survives because I know who I am. Not because anybody else has told me who I am or who she is, but because she has told herself based on what she has heard so if there's no other way to end this or rather if there's nothing else you get from my speaking and keeping it real I want you to know that you are so deserving of softness I say soft girl summer for the sake of you know what I'm saying alliteration <laughs> But yo, the same way we talked about Black History Month. And I was like, we black forever. I ain't black just in a month. I'm black forever. Which means I have to rest forever. I have to prioritize rest continuously. That is no different for being soft. You have to live in softness for the rest of your life. 
Because if not, you'll end up killing things that you were called to cultivate. You'll end up killing dreams. You'll end up killing ideas. You'll end up killing policies. You'll end up killing legislation. You'll end up killing yourself. You'll end up killing your, your beauty. You'll end up killing your intellect. You'll end up killing your ideas. You'll end up killing your creativity. Because you wanted to be hard and choke everything out instead of being soft and embracing and cultivating and nurturing a thing. You are so much more than hands and feet for the world. You are hands, feet, intellect, beauty, a mind, creativity, embodied. The ability to thrive instead of survive is a complete transformation of tactics and living. It means I'm not just living for the sake of survival. I'm not just hunting, but I'm also gathering. And I'm also speaking and I'm also resting and I'm also breathing. I'm also laughing. I'm also experiencing the very things that are around me. And the very person that I am. So it's crazy that this is the last episode. But I promise you it's not the last that y'all are going to hear from me. Black out of PW, I ain't going nowhere. Even if the daggone thing wanted to. It, it just can't. It's been a long season y'all. Season 1 of Black out of PWI ends with resting and softness and it started with resting and softness i hope that over this past season that you've been able to believe what has been said about you by those who hold the truth and not those who take the truth and manipulate it i hope that you see yourself for who you've been called to be and not who a predominantly white institution a board america your family, your friends have called you to be or labeled you as. You're not any less black. You are so black. You are so beautiful. You are so deserving. You are so ready for this next season of what is going to be your soft girl summer, your soft summer, or your soft season. To embrace and see yourself for the first time. And I'm excited to, to live that season out with you all. So I'm leaving y'all here with soft girl summer, soft girl season, soft season, whatever you want. Whatever you want to call it. I'm leaving y'all here with it. But when we pick up with season two, episode one, I hope with all the hope in my body that y'all ready to have the tough conversations. The real conversations, the honest conversations, the gritty conversations about being a black girl, being a black person at a PWI. It's lit. Y'all know I love you always and forever. Make sure you stay tuned to the Instagram at blackgirlpwi. Please do not feel afraid or set back to hit us up, DM us, talk to us, interact with the posts, tell people to follow, and go back and listen to this entire season. Because I promise you, if you missed out on anything prior to, you missing out on a whole lot. So make sure you go back, listen to the prior episodes, listen to everything that has come from season one, kick it with us. It's about to be beautiful, and I'm so excited to see who you become until season two. 
we out.